2: Hello and welcome on this nice sunny Saturday. I'm Stephen Boucher sitting here live hoping to take your questions. Any questions you have pertaining to your financial outlook, give me a call. If you need a second opinion, if you're not sure because you're doing it on your own and you're kind of stuck, give me a call. Any any question whatsoever on money. Our phone numbers today, 1-800-TALK- wgy that's 1-800-825-5949 any questions whatsoever i would love to talk to you on this beautiful balmy saturday so much better than the first couple weeks of, of of the year where things were were just crazy and what else is crazy the markets are crazy the market's up again. All the major indexes making all-time highs, setting records. I think the S&P has 10 records so far um, in 2018. It's crazy. And hopefully you're in that market so that you're making money. I know our clients are making money. It's a beautiful thing when you don't get scared of the headlines or the bad news bears or you turn on a financial show and, and you know, they sell fear so that you want to get out of the markets. There's nothing worse, nothing at all worse than that. 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 1-800-825-5949. Give me a call. So for the week, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 269 points to close at 26 um 2672 let's call it up just over 1% another all-time high the S&P up 9 tenths of a percent to close at a record 2811 and Nasdaq another record high up 1% for the week to close at 7337 the S&P as i said record levels 10 times this month, one short of the record, which was 11, and that was set in January 1964. And remember, folks, we have eight more trading days to go. Eight. So I'm pretty sure I can't imagine why the market won't beat the record. 1 800 TALK WGY. That's 1 800 825 5949. We have Wayne in East Greenbush. Hello, Wayne. Hello, how are you? I'm doing great on a day like today. How about you?
0: Uh, finally, the freezing weather's disappeared for a little while, right? Oh,
2: it's, I mean, what, 40s today, 40s tomorrow? The week seems to be in the high 30s. I'll take that.
0: That's right, exactly. You know,
2: that 10 below um, stuff is just, I mean, that's too cold for anybody.
0: Uh, that's true. That's true, exactly. Um, my question is involved that... Um, What is your impression of uh, ladder bonds, uh, municipal bonds as a source of uh, uh, one income stream for retirement?
2: I love them. We use them often. We ladder bonds, whether it be taxable or tax-free, depending on what the client needs. We're going short-term, though. We're not going any more than five years because we know interest rates are going out. So we'll ladder a bunch of bonds within five years, short duration. And then as those bonds mature over the next five years, hopefully interest rates will be higher than where they're at today. So we'll be able to buy new bonds at a higher rate. We're not getting greedy, but... We've been able to make some money for our clients, for the clients that want laddered bonds. A lot of our clients use our ETFs that, that we have for our fixed income holdings, and they did very well last year. You know, when you look at the double-line total I return. See, I'm,
0: yeah, I, I, I'm involved in one right now that uh, that's going to net approximately uh, almost 4%, um, which it it equals out as if it was uh, taxable, it'd be I'd be making six percent. So I'm I'm pushing like uh, three point eight, three point nine percent. Does that uh, sound fair? I mean, yeah. the latter bond that I got was, was was literally going to be going out like I think uh, nine or ten years, but it's through uh, Eaton Vance, in which the the beginning bonds are going to be one year, two year, and then as they get bought and then sold, uh, it'll of course continue on and then. I'll cash
2: in as I see fit. Yeah, no, I, I, it, it sounds very similar to what we use for our clients that, that want those individual bonds. We explain it to our clients, and for those clients that want it, it sounds as though you're in the same boat as our clients. So, no, that sounds okay. Always remember, Wayne, if the interest yield sounds too good to be true, then that may be because you're buying some bonds that aren't credit worthy, um, not investment grade. So always be careful of that. Always ask the manager who's buying the bonds just what type bonds they're buying and make sure you're comfortable with that. If you want just all investment grade, you're probably not going to get as great of a return. The 10-year U.S. Treasury note just closed out yesterday, yielding 2.63%. And that's the highest it's been in a long time. So that's good news for people like yourself buying bonds because the higher the interest rates are, you're able to get more interest in these new bonds that are being offered. But if you're getting anything more than that, that means you're taking on some risk. Because the ten-year U.S. Treasury note may be the the barometer um, to judge your yields from, especially with muni yields. If you're getting muni yields three, four percent, just always ask what quality. Make sure you're comfortable with what the bonds are backed by. You know, with the muni bonds, are they general obligation bonds, revenue bonds? Just make sure you ask a lot of questions. The question to
0: ask is that these.
2: I'm losing triple you, B. Wayne. Yeah.
0: I'm sorry. They're, they're going to be either tri- uh, tri- uh, either A or triple B.
2: Okay. As long as you're comfortable with that, then, then you know, I like ladder bond approach. And, you know, if one doesn't do as well, you got a whole bunch of others that, that are laddered in the portfolio. But I think you should be okay as long as you ask the right questions.
0: Okay, great. Okay. Thank you, Steve. Great help. Thank you.
2: Hey, Wayne, good luck to you and happy new year. All right. Bye-bye, sir. 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 1-800-825-5949. Any questions you have? I miss that star, that that cell phone number. Are we ever going to get that back, Zach? Huh? I wonder if we can just add the star with the area code and the thing. If that, you know, it's too bad. Be so many people use their cell phones. 1-800-TALK-WGY, that's 1-800-825-5949. So, as I said, the S&P, 10 record highs, eight trading days ago, the record was 11, set way back when, way back in 1964, January of 1964. The 10-year treasury yield, as I just um, spoke to, to Wayne about, Closed really at a healthy 2.63, almost 2.64%. And that's the highest the level it's been um, since July of 2014. And the stock market obviously didn't have any problems with that. So we'll see what what happens when this 10-year yield, if it gets close to 3%. I'm telling you, for the first time in a long time, income investors, people that like buying bonds or putting their money in savings accounts may finally see a little bit more yield in those bonds, a little bit more yield in their savings accounts. That's not a bad thing, folks. There's a lot of people, a lot of, you know, grandparents out there that used to, you know, live on the interest or possibly use that interest as gifts to their grandkids and so what. Um, so, you know, the, the the higher the interest rates go, the more they'll get. They've been suffering for a long time. Interest rates have come off about a 38-year rally where they've just been going down and down and down and down over the past three-plus decades, and now all of a sudden they're starting to go up, and that's good news for the economy. That means when you see interest rates go up, the Fed is tightening the belt little. Basically, what they're saying is the economy, they don't want it to get overheated. They don't want inflation to take off. So what they do is they kind of tap the brakes on the economy by raising interest rates. By raising interest rates a little bit, they're able to slow down the growth of the economy. That's good news. Now, A lot of people feel that the stock market will be volatile through that, but as you can see, the highest rates we've had in in almost three years yesterday, and the stock market ended up closing at record highs. The Dow, the NASDAQ, the S&P, even the Russell 2000 had a great day, so it didn't really affect the stock market. I have a saying that when interest rates go up because the economy is getting a little stronger... Well, that's good news for corporate America, correct? That means that corporate America, companies will be selling more goods and services. That means that hopefully they'll see healthy earnings in the form of profits. I know we're seeing it right now, double-digit growth with the fourth quarter earnings, and that's all good news. One of the fundamentals of what the stock market trades on is corporate earnings. So higher interest rates, to me, means a stronger economy, means a consumer that feels better about their financial picture, and they're out there spending money, and I think companies will, will be selling more goods and services. And with the technology and the efficiencies of whether it be a small business like my firm or a big company like Apple and everything in between, with technology comes a lot of efficiencies. Unfortunately, a lot of jobs have been lost because of technology. But then there's a lot of jobs that are created because of technology. So technology allows a lot of companies to be a little bit more profitable because they can do so much a couple clicks of a mouse who would ever think 1-800-TALK-WGY 1-800-825-5949 we're going to take a 15 second break don't go anywhere oh yeah zach yeah baby a little jazz that's jazz right Yeah. Hello, folks. Welcome back. Thank you for letting me wet wet my whistle. 1-800-TALK-WGY. 1-800-825-5949. I got to change that, Zach. I have to get rid of the um, cell phone number.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps)
2: doesn't work anymore. I I meant to do that last week. Um, So the markets were up 1%, you know, just about 1%, over 1% for the Dow, just over, just short of 1% for the S&P, just over 1% for the NASDAQ. And year to date, the Dow is up 5.5%. The S&P is up 5.1%. NASDAQ is up 6.27%. I get all giddy about that because we are overweight technology and we have a very healthy position in the cues. The NASDAQ 100 Composite Index, when you look at the Qs, uh, that's how you buy them. QQQ is the symbol, and it's one of our core holdings. It will always be one of our core holdings. Till the day, I'm not the chief investment officer at the Boucher Financial Group, because it's an index that's full of good growth-oriented companies. Almost 60% of it's made up of technology companies. I like that. So when you think about the NASDAQ composite as a whole, it's up 6.3% year-to-date. But when you buy the Qs, because you're stripping out the 100 largest companies in the NASDAQ, and that's up 6.8%. So those those 100 companies are doing better than the um, broad composite index, the NASDAQ composite index. And the Russell 2000, more of a small mid-cap index, is up. Four percent year to date, so a little little bit less than the big cap S P and the you know, the Dow is considered a big mega cap index with, with the likes of, you know, Verizon, IBM, Exxon, Apple, McDonald's, Boeing. Oh my god, Boeing, what a what a what a run Boeing. Boeing's up fourteen and a half percent year to date. If you were fortunate enough to buy Boeing, you are doing very good. If you weren't fortunate enough, to buy a company like American Express, you're down 1.3%. NASDAQ, um, I'm sorry, Verizon is down almost 2%. And a lot of people buy these stocks for the dividend yield. Sure, you're getting a 4.55% dividend with Verizon, but you're down 2%. You're getting almost a 4% dividend yield with IBM, and IBM came out with earnings. And believe it or not, it actually looked good, but the share price went down. Because of future expectations, Pfizer and other stock where in the Dow, where you're getting almost a four percent dividend yield, up two percent year to date. Exxon, you know, energy's had a pretty good run, three and a half percent dividend yield, up four point two percent. Chevron, same thing, three point three percent dividend yield, up five percent year to date. So far, um, I, I'm not even sure I want to talk about GE, folks. I, I, what a pathetic, dismal disappointment this company has turned out to be. All the way down to $16.26. 3% dividend. Who cares? It's down 7% year to date after a crazy year last year. I, I, I feel so bad. There are so many people that, that think of GE as... Like a mutual fund, a local company, they felt safe with it. Boy, folks, it's another lesson of why no investor, unless you're willing to take on more risk, if you want to be prudent in your portfolio, you should have no more than 5% invested in any one individual stock. No more than 5%. Just keep that in the back of your mind. Look at your portfolio. And if you're real overweight, no matter how great the company is, GE used to be the largest company in the world, uh, 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 Bellwether. At this pace, GE may get kicked out of the Dow. Can you imagine that? I wouldn't be surprised. What do you do with it? It's a Titanic. John Flannery, the new CEO, is talking about breaking it up. We've already felt the the impact of that locally, I think we had 130 layoffs last week. We actually counsel a lot of GE clients as it is. And you know, we we we've had some conversations, and unfortunately, there's there's an insurance salesman that's that's wandering the halls of GE, making making himself look out to be a expert with GE retirees. Folks, there is no such thing. We all know what's going on with GE, and the last thing you want to do is retire from GE and put your hard-earned money, even though if you were invested in the stock, you're down a little bit. You do not want to put it into an annuity. Absolutely not. Do not let anybody talk you into an annuity unless you ask a 1,000 questions, and then if you feel you want an annuity after getting all those answers, and don't let that salesperson sidestep you. Remember, the reason why they're selling you an annuity is they're making 6% commission. You're tying your money up for almost 10 years. It's a terrible investment, an absolute terrible investment, just like GE stock is a terrible investment, a terrible holding. I'm not even sure if if, if we're going to see the light of day, if we're going to get near the $30 level that it was last year, you know, we're, we're almost cut in half from where it was last year. And remember, GE was $58 a share back in the year 2000. Talk about dying slowly, suffering a, 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 a slow death. That's, that's um, enough on GE. Well, you know, let me just give you the skinny on it, all right? So, considering maybe it's maybe that John Flannery is just kind of testing the markets. Well, the markets obviously didn't like it because it took the share price from eighteen dollars down to almost sixteen. Hundred and twenty-five year old business used to be the most valuable company in the country. It employs about three hundred thousand people. They sell everything from airplane engines to hospital. Incubators, they got out of the finance business, which used to pay all the bills. So now they're having a hard time, folks. They can't make. They're lucky they make payroll. So GE is down almost fifty percent. You know, you know after after the company came out and talked about breaking itself apart into um, different divisions, basically GE as you knew it may not be GE. Of tomorrow, GE could literally almost disappear. You could have GE Power, you could have GE this, GE that. You know, they needed to um, take a 6.2 billion dollar charge from a business they got out of a decade ago. Their 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 long term care insurance business. They got out of it a decade ago, but they needed to fund because. All those people that bought all those long term care policies are now starting to use them and they needed to put six point two billion dollars in the coffer. So, you know, that's 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 not good. Um, so you know, who knows? He he John Flannery is talking about, you know, focusing on aviation power and health care. Um, who knows what's gonna happen with GE? It's just not the company that it was. one 800 talk WGY. That's one 800 825 5949 Any questions, give me a call. Uh the the going back to interest rates going up a little. The other thing that's going up a little are mortgage rates. You know, now we're seeing the the 30-year mortgage up over 4%, the 15-year around 3.6% for a long time that those mortgage rates were closer to 3%. So even though mortgage rates are still cheap, and I hate the word cheap, even though they're, they're they're as low as they are, it's still a good time to buy a house because those mortgage rates are I promise you they're going up. And if you ever wanted a second home, don't take money out of your portfolio you know, the S&P was up over 20% last year. Why do you want to take money out of your portfolio if it's, if it's invested properly, earning good money, when you can get a mortgage rate of 4% after the write-off, maybe it costs you 2.75%. But even if you don't get the write-off because of the new tax reform or you're getting very little of a write-off, 4% is pretty low. Don't be afraid to borrow money for a home at 4%. Leverage yourself. The only time you'll hear me tell you to leverage your financial situation is buying a home with mortgage rates as low as they are. Why would you want to take money out of a good portfolio that's earning money? But remember, when you do get a mortgage, get a 15-year, not a 30, because I am all in on having you pay off your house in 15 years rather than 30. 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. We have John in Queenberry. Hello, John.
0: Hi, Steve. How are you?
2: Hey, on a day like today, I mean, holy cow, I I I was driving through downtown Troy. I saw some guy in one of those... um. Those those muscle man T shirts and nothing else on. I I, I had a look twice. I know it's nice out. I didn't realize it was that nice out.
0: Well, I'm not sure if it's, uh, I'll go that far either. But it's nicer than it's been.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. What can okay, I help you so with my today? My
0: question concerns uh, my dad's trust. Uh, he's 91 years old in assisted living. We do we do have a trust set up an irrevocable trust that was set up in 2009. Uh, September and so I know we're outside that window as a matter of fact uh, it worked for us when my mom went into uh, nursing home care and um, you know her her nursing home care was paid for my question is um, so from what I understand my dad can have up to fifteen thousand in liquid assets. Is that correct? Is that the new number, fifteen one fifty or something yeah. like
2: that? I'm going to put you on hold, John. We got to take a break for the news. Don't go anywhere, folks. One 825 C and two. Hello and welcome back. Thank you for holding through the news. One eight hundred talk. W-G-Y, that's 1-800-825-5949. Any questions you have, let's go back to John in Queensbury. So, John, yeah, uh, to answer your question, you know. With lucky landslots, you can
0: get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
3: (gasps)
2: So your 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 dad um has the trust and you know I, I'm guessing it's after the five year look back and you're asking how much money is he allowed to have approximately?
0: Yes, yes, that is the question. Yeah, so it's almost living it's, right now and the um between his two pensions, his Social Security, and as a veteran, uh, the the assisted living facility gives him a credit for that. that. So he actually, uh, you know, his his income monthly is, is larger than his expenses. And um, I wanted to know uh, what the threshold is that he needs to be at or under.
2: Yeah, it's uh, $13,800 $13, to be exact. Approximately
0: How much? I'm sorry.
2: Uh, Thirteen thousand eight hundred, just about fourteen thousand. So you were close. Seven hundred and eighty-seven dollars of monthly income um, is 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 the most. Um, but you know, obviously, not knowing the details of your dad's trust and so forth, you 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 may want to just give a call to the attorney who put it together and and just get clarification, kind of. Dust it off, but those are approximately the the limits you can kind of count
0: on. Sure. So if he's over that right now, adding to that trust rate right now with with any excess that he would have, would subject that money that we add to the to the to a new five year look back.
2: That I'm going to leave that question up to your okay. attorney. Gotcha. Okay. Um, or come back next week at eleven and talk to Lou Piro. Because the show before mine, Life Happens, Lou Pirro, Bob Vandy, Brian Johnson, that's all they talk about. And they will be able to answer it right to the penny.
0: Okay. All right. Thank you very much.
2: All right. Perfect. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, John. 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. Vince, we lost Vince. Vince, come on back. We lost you. I know you held through the news. I apologize. one eight hundred eight two five five nine four nine. 825 5949 So I started talking about interest rates, mortgages, still a good time. Um with with, with mortgage rates, you know, even though they're they're creeping up a thirty year mortgage over four percent, the fifteen year mortgage about three point six percent. It's still it's inexpensive. Folks, we we I mean to get a mortgage with with 4%, I'm okay with that. And as I said before the news, it's one of the only times that I will actually encourage you to borrow money. And I do like a 15-year mortgage over a 30-year mortgage because it's it's just there's nothing, no better feeling than paying off your, your home. And I can show you on paper why. That theory shouldn't work, but what I can't show you on paper is what human nature does to people. So a lot of people may get that 30-year mortgage, invest the difference, and I can show you on paper where that absolutely will work, but what I can't do is stop you from... Maybe using that money, you know, maybe you'll just do it for a couple months. You'll use it for this or use it for that. And before you know it, you're not investing the difference. And then you're stuck with a 30-year mortgage. So the 15-year mortgage kind of forces you into paying a little higher rate and assures you that in 15 years, your home is paid for. And when you enter retirement, that's usually one of your biggest living expenses, so having that paid for is a beautiful thing. Now, health care is as expensive as some mortgages. So it's it's crazy. So that's where I stand with, with interest rates. Gold closed at 13, 13 um 32 And I know, I know, some of you want to go out and buy gold. You know, Valentine's Day is coming. If you want to buy your sweetheart a little something gold-like Go ahead, don't put a lot of your investing uh, investment um, dollars into gold, though. You know, I'm just not I'm not buying it. I read an article in Barrons earlier today that some people feel once gold hits fourteen hundred, it may break out. Maybe it'll set a new record. Maybe it'll go up over nineteen hundred dollars an ounce. Well, I'm not buying it. I I truly don't believe. With all the headlines, you go back, I think gold peaked at 1900 and something back in September of 2011. And that's when we sold all of our gold. We have not owned gold since then. Thank God. So we sold all of our gold back then because with the headlines being what they were, gold should have gone over $2,000 an ounce. It didn't. And it started to creep down and it crept all the way down to eleven hundred dollars an ounce and now here we are at thirteen thirty-two. I'm not a gold bug and I don't I don't encourage you to be a gold bug either. But as I said, if you want to buy your sweetie something for Valentine's Day, it's coming up. You know, gold is cheap, right? You should be able to go into that 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 jewelry store and buy something a whole lot less expensive than back in 2011 when gold was $1,900 an ounce. I remember telling the story. I knew it was time to sell out of gold when, when my wife came came out with a um, little box full of, you know, one earring because they lost the other earring and uh, necklace because it was crinkled up. And she said, yeah, she says, you know, I'm going to take this over and see Timmy. And um, you know, cash it in and use it for something new. I said, you know, what? that's that's a good telltale sign it's time to sell gold. But we did. We sold all of our gold back then. 1-800-TALK-WGY. 1-800-825-5949. Star WGY. That's Star 949. A good week for the market, even with the dysfunctional ability of our elected officials in Washington. No budget. We are, we, 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 we um, never, we're, <laughs> the, the government's in shutdown, folks. Our, our elected officials get elected to do absolutely nothing. How about no budget, no pay? I guess there's a petition going on. Lou Pirro was telling me about it on his way out. Do you know what it was, Zach? I forget the website. Anyway, you can go and sign a petition. No budget, no pay. If you're not willing to do the job you were elected to do, then we shouldn't be paying you a salary. What's wrong with that? I think it's kind of refreshing. You get so sick and tired of Washington, so sick and tired. There's not anybody in Washington that has the courage to cut spending. Nobody has the courage to cut Spending. That's what this country needs more than anything. Nobody has the courage to cut spending. You heard me say it, and I believe it. We've elected these officials to be nothing other than lifetime. They 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 suck us dry. They they take, 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 take. They get great pensions, great health benefits. What do we get? Higher tax bills, dysfunctional operation out of Washington. We get nothing that we deserve for the taxes that we pay in this country. And I'm not even talking the state or municipalities. I live in Troy. Believe me, taxes are high. You get tired of it after a while. When you when you elect people that do nothing other than wanting to, you know, look good, go down to Washington D.C. and drink with their cohorts, and go out to dinner and let lobbyists schmooze you, well, it's about time we we all stand up. So there's a petition out there, no budget, no pay. I'm all in favor of it. So even with that threat. The markets were still up yesterday. 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. Give me a call. Get me off my um, soapbox of, of being disgusted with, with Washington. So the S&P, you know, basically brushed off the threat of of, of the shutdown. And we are. We, we, we're in shutdown, you know. A lot of Republicans blame it on our beloved Chuck Schumer, and a lot of Democrats blame it on our Republican um, officials. I don't care what they are, Democrat, Republican, just get the job done that you were elected to do. That's all we ask for. And give the American people, the U.S. taxpayers, the same health care and retirement benefit that they get. Remember... Once they're a congressman, for a day, they get lifetime benefits. Remember that thug out in in Illinois, the the guy that went to jail and they appointed another thug? And I don't think he lasted two weeks, but he's got lifetime benefits, baby. Lifetime benefits. That's crazy. 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. Fourth quarter earnings season. We're doing good. Corporate America is coming out with better earnings, double-digit growth. We like that. One of the fundamentals of the economy. It's why we're optimistic that the economy can continue to grow because corporate earnings are, are, are healthy. We're putting more people back to work. They're getting raises. We've had two-quarters of GDP over 3%. Those are all the fundamentals. What makes a stock market go down? A recession. There's no recession on the horizon, folks. None whatsoever. We're raising interest rates because the economy is growing. We're not lowering interest rates to as a catalyst anymore. So that's good news. The economy is growing. It's like the Goldilocks. Not too hot, not too cold. I had a telephone conference with a client in London yesterday. And, you know, she asked me how things were going over in our country. I asked her how things were going on in her country, you know, with Brexit and everything. But, you know, I said, we're, we're in that Goldilocks-like economy, not too hot, not too cold, just right. We'll take that. So the fundamentals are good. A recession would would, would, would create some volatility. I'm pretty sure a war with North Korea will create some volatility or a war with any other country. But the market, you know, you go back 100 years, world wars, regional wars, oil embargoes, presidential assassinations, tech bubbles, great recessions, a collapse of the real estate market, you name it, the stock market has recovered. That's why long-term, having stocks in your portfolio, there's nothing wrong with it long-term. And anybody who needs money in the next two years shouldn't have what they need in the next two years in the stock market. One 800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. We have Bob in Berlin. Hello, Bob. Hi, Steve. How you doing? Good. I haven't been out in Berlin in quite some time. you got to come out to
0: these neck of the woods. It's beautiful. Now,
2: I'm going to tell you a funny story. My dear friend, Johnny Mackey, he and I have been the the, the best of friends i had two best men in my wedding johnny montello johnny mac because i couldn't choose between them and johnny mac's a big hunter and last year he cooked me squirrel that he got in the backwoods of berlin and he told me he said steve in berlin they only eat healthy stuff they're not eating any garbage they're just eating some good wood you know you got to try this squirrel i tried it i'm not so sure i'm going to let him cook for me again but um And then my other Berlin story is my good friend, my dear friend, Joe Carr, who I actually taught how to drink wine when he was a busboy in Le Berge restaurant um, down in Albany back in the 80s when I was in a different business in the 80s. Um, He's a Berlin boy, if I'm correct.
0: Yeah. What can I help you with? Oh, Steve. Steve, I just wanted two two parts of a question. Um, How do you feel about the international markets? Meaning as a point of investments.
2: Yeah, you know, and the,
0: and the other one would be, uh, and then I'm going to get off so you can answer that, and I know you'll give me a good answer. Uh, emerging markets.
2: Yep. So I can show you all day long why you should have a good, healthy uh, position in, in in both international markets, including emerging markets, because the valuations are so much less than our market, the U.S. stock market, and I. I have this debate with my investment committee almost weekly because if you were invested in international holdings over the last ten years, you lagged the US stock market. Last year was the first year where international holdings actually outperformed the US stock holding. As well as we did in this country, international investments did better. And maybe the next ten years with the tide will change but i still i feel very comfortable we are overweight u.s stocks because i feel very comfortable with the regulations we have in this country and i don't have to worry about as much as i have to worry about some overseas companies but i can show you and and prove to you why you should have some money invested overseas as a hedge to the u.s stock market
0: And emerging.
2: Yep, same thing. Same on that, also. The forecast that you feel for 2018, both thumbs up? Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying that, um, because there's so many things that can happen. I'm just talking about the valuations today as we sit here. They're lower in those markets, and they're, you know, on paper, it looks as though they, they should grow. You know, to be honest, I could invest in the U.S. stock market and then have my international holdings be just emerging markets um, and be very comfortable because there's more risk with emerging markets. But when emerging markets take off, it's a beautiful place to be. Yeah. So, I mean, Steve, I mean prudent. Yep. Correct?
0: Yep. And everything?
2: Yep. Steve, thank you. Thank you very
0: much. You gave me uh, quite a bit of insight.
2: All right, Bob. Stay warm out there in Berlin. Let's go back to the phone lines. We have Dave in Schenectady. Hello, Dave. Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you for calling in on this beautiful, balmy day. It's 42 out there, I think.
1: I'm about to get out for a walk as soon as we're done. And, uh, Steve, I've got about 5% of my portfolio in uh, an alternative, and it's split between seventeen thirty, seventy percent 30% of that 5%, split between the Vanguard Domestic VNQ um, and the International VNQI. The, mm-hmm. the last few months, VNQ seems to be taking it on the chin. Yes. I had read that there were some changes being made. I have held it long term, and and I think it's a I think it's a pretty good investment long term as an alternative. I just wanted to know what you thought about why it was taking it on the chin and what you thought about it long term.
2: Yeah, we actually sold completely out of our VNQ, the domestic REIT, about a year or so ago, and we actually put all the dollars into the international REIT, because when interest rates started to go up, you can do some homework and research, and you'll find that REITs usually suffer a little, and the REIT market in the U.S. suffered when interest rates started to go up. Long-term, REITs are, are great. We've had REITs for over 10 years in the portfolios, but... As I said, we we went from losing money in the domestic REIT last year to making almost 25%. As you know, you're invested in the VNQI. That's what we're invested in as well. You made almost 25% last year in that international portion. So, unless it's a taxable account, we have a couple taxable accounts with healthy gains in the domestic REIT that we still hold on to. But all of our, you know, I, I talk often about how we manage money and especially for our retirement accounts, we'll make these changes just like that. It takes us a few minutes because we have so much invested in our technology and platforms to make and manage money um, for our clients. And we made that change and it was um, it was a dy- dynamite move for us when we got out of that domestic REIT. So just watch it. if it's a, If it's a tax free account, like a retirement account with no tax liabilities, maybe put a little bit more into the international REIT, maybe make it 50-50. I love that international REIT. It served us well, and it served you well, but you just have a little bit in it. So maybe put a little bit more in it. And that's another way, right. um, as Bob in Berlin asked me about international holdings, it's another way of being exposed overseas.
1: Right. Well, what, are the, what other thoughts do you have about alternatives you know, to the bond market in that category, other than REIT.
2: Yeah, no, I um, right now it's our only alternative. We're we're out of the MLPs. We're out of the preferred stocks. They used to make up some of our alternatives. We use some dividend-paying stocks. Um, our REIT is really our only alternative. We have a couple good. We 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 use the um, Double Line Total Return Fund, which is managed by Jeffrey Gunlock, and we also use the um, the, the, the PIMCO bond fund, which is has, has been good to us. Um, and we have a Zio Capital mutual fund. It's a short duration, very, very good holding. Uh, you know, we're making decent interest with very little risk. So those are, those, those are the alternative ways we're playing the fixed income market. We're not buying heavy into bonds, and as I said in the first half of the show, we will ladder bonds for some clients that want that, and we won't go out more than five years. So we, we ladder a bond portfolio less than five years. Thanks, Steve. Have right, a great they, day. Yeah, enjoy your walk. Um, let's go back to the phone lines. We have Sue in Albany. Hello, Sue. Hello, Sue. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Okay. What can I help you with?
0: Um, if you have a life insurance policy that becomes mature and you have to claim it on your taxes, do you know? Do you have to claim the whole taxable amount? Or
2: yeah, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Are, are you talking an annuity or a life insurance policy? A life
0: insurance policy.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, the only time they come mature is usually when you reach the age of a hundred, and if it's that type policy um i'm i'm not really sure why you would have a taxable event with what you have can you expand on it a little bit
0: well if the the policy was taken out when you were in your 20s and now you know it's it's matured it's done yeah and, and you get you get the money and i just wondered if you have to claim the whole thing
2: yeah. to know that no you shouldn't um there's a formula depending on how much you put in in premiums and how much it grew And remember, Sue, with insurance policies, they don't make a lot of money for you. So um, it's like it's it's like you know slow growth, Um, but that policy should stay in in force unless you die. you know, I'm, I'm guessing it. you may not have to pay any more premiums on it. Maybe the dividends are enough to pay it. What I would do is I would ask from the insurance company, get an in-force illustration. And then with that, if you want to call my office, Frank Fazio, our, our portfolio strategist, and he, he he will help you over the phone um, when you're able to give him some facts when you get that in-force illustration. I'll tell Frank you may be calling us. And um, we'll help you over the phone, kind of give you some, some answers when we have more detail. Okay, very good. Sue, thank you for calling. Thank you. One eight hundred talk WGY one eight hundred eight two five five nine four nine. We have Jim in Massachusetts. Hello, Jim. Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my
0: call. Um, uh, tell me something on Vanguard uh, Vanguard um, Health Fund. Yep. What would your projection going forward on, um, on on that mutual fund be?
2: Yeah, it's been a dynamite <laughs> fund. Um, you know, God, you 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 can't ask for really a, a better fund in the healthcare area. You know, healthcare is we mature, um, we're going to need more healthcare, and this is why healthcare companies are really hanging around pretty good and doing pretty pretty well. Um, so, so it's a good sector to have, and I'm okay if 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 you know somebody tells me they're. You know, overweight healthcare. I'm okay with that. Um, you know, I, I love financials. I love technology, and I think I love healthcare next in line. So I'm okay if if you have some money in that Vanguard Health. It's well managed. The fees are low. The returns have been phenomenal for a long time. So I um I want I want to get rid of it. Thank you. That's it. Yeah, that, that's all. that's <laughs> That's easy. <all. laughs> I feel a little better. I feel a little better that you
0: feel good about it. All right. Thank you. Thanks.
2: All right. Bye-bye, Jim. Oh my god. What a day. We still have some callers online, but we're coming up to the end of the show. I always get teary-eyed when we come up to the end of the show i got to wipe some tears away because I love doing this show. I've been doing it since 1995, and that's a long time. Folks, I hope you come back next week. Let's hope this weather hangs out. Enjoy the weather. Stay healthy. See you next week.